Hey there. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're using. It would really help spread the word about the show. Thanks and happy spelling. Welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink the impact of magic on the worlds of D&D. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. And my name's Dane. I'm a dungeon master, podcaster, and voice actor. And Benjamin, Benjamin, you've, you've picked quite the spell for us to discuss this, this episode. Uh, yeah. So when I was looking for spells for this episode, this was not the first one I started with, actually. I, I looked at quite a few and actually, I, I looked at this old list of spells I had written when I first thought of the podcast, mm. and I was going down it, and I actually hadn't even written this spell on it. Well, because but, it's boring and nobody picks it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I love it because I remember it from AD&D, and, okay. and I remember picking it a lot when I was a kid, because well, I think probably because I thought it was funny. What What is the spell? So the spell is magic magic mouth magic mouth hey, a classic is, yeah probably the most salacious name you could <laughs> give a spell but it doesn't a lot do of anything. connotations yeah, yeah it doesn't do anything salacious no i mean not yet well right i guess you could have let's, it let's find out let's right. see what what rabbit mouths we go down yeah so Dane, why don't you tell us about Magic Mouth? Sure. Magic Mouth is a second level illusion spell with the ritual tag. It's available to artificers, bards, and wizards. It takes a minute to cast, has a range of 30 feet, and requires, and this, this is pretty funny to me, 10 gold pieces of honeycomb. Now, oh, is that combined with the jade? Okay, so it needs honeycomb and jade. So is that a combined total of jade and honeycomb? Because 10 gold pieces of honeycomb seems like a lot. I have to imagine that most of the 10 gold pieces is coming, coming from, from jade. jade, right? Yeah. It consumes these materials and its duration is quote unquote, until dispelled. That's very important. And it's you're, very you're important. Gonna, we're going to be thinking about that a lot later. Yeah. And, and you, the listener, can, can dwell on that for a second because here's the actual spell is written. You implant a message within an object in range, a message that is uttered when a trigger condition is met. Choose an object that you can see that isn't being worn or carried by another creature. Then speak the message, which must be 25 words or less, though it can be delivered over as long as 10 minutes. Let's bookmark that because that's wild to me. Finally, determine the circumstances that will trigger the spell to deliver your message. When that circumstance occurs, a magical mouth appears on the object and recites the message in your voice at the same volume you spoke. If the object you chose has a mouth or something that looks like a mouth, for example, the mouth of a statue, the magical mouth appears there so that the words appear to come from the object's mouth. When you cast the spell, you can have the spell end after it delivers its message, or it can remain and repeat its message whenever the trigger occurs forever. <laughs> forever isn't in there, editorializing. The triggering circumstance can be as general or as detailed as you like. 
though it must be based on visual or audible conditions that occur within 30 feet of the object. For example, you could instruct the mouth to speak when any creature moves within 30 feet of the object or when a silver bell rings within 30 feet of it. That's, uh, I, I think one of the reasons that I haven't ever taken this spell is because I've never wanted to read the whole thing. Yeah, that is a lot of text. <laughs> it's impenetrable. Yeah, that's three paragraphs of text. For a for, second level spell. For, for, a second, for a second level spell that's like, you'll probably cast like one time because you won't really right. know what to do with it. It, it. it seems like a spell that practical jokers would use. Right. Or people who are who are trying to scare folks who are believing ghosts or something, you know, like something like that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, leave a message for someone. I, right, I, th I think that has to be the expected use of the spell is that it's basically like a thief does a special knock on a door and the magic mouth appears and recites the message or something, mm -hmm. you know, that that thief is supposed to get or that'd be cool. Yeah. Spy spy, I guess. I, I think that's supposed to be what the intended use is because maybe you could use it to scare people. Another thing about this, the text of it suggests that to me, mm -hmm. there's no, well, any creature moves within 30 feet of the object. So like, I'm, I'm thinking that if you're trying to uh, trick another party that this, this house is haunted right. and you put magic mouth all over the house and then you're, you're spooking them, you're spooking them left and right. It's a very um, Scooby-Doo type of scary though. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Like what would you be saying that would be all that <laughs> scary to them? Well, I think of the first mission in, in the ghosts of salt marsh which is a highly misleading title. Mm -hmm. There are very few ghosts in that campaign. But in the first adventure, you go into a quote-unquote haunted house that's got magic mouth. Well, hold on a sec, Dan. We should probably say spoiler alert, right? For the first level one mission of Ghosts, ghosts of Saltmarsh. Okay, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert to everyone. Woo, <laughs> woo. <laughs> yeah ghosts of salt marsh spoilers ahead. yeah that's right okay thank god we got that out of the way anyway i don't know if they used magic mouth but you i think it is in there actually because yeah. i ran that adventure and i'm pretty sure it is in there they put in mechanics for getting the frightened condition from these sounds so it might have been something else but that's essentially what it's doing right yeah although i have a hard time imagining any dm or most dms are gonna let you role to frighten people with this spell. no of course because not. it doesn't because no, it doesn't say that and i think most dms are pretty strict about following the rule of the written spell was written yeah. with the spell this particular spell it, it doesn't say anything about putting a condition on a person right so i i mean this is a story spell this is a spell to Add to the plot to, to develop characters to add some spice to your life, or yeah. so you think, or so I, so I assumed. It seems like a story, and I think it was intended to be mm -hmm. primarily like a story device type of thing, a way of passing along information, or maybe startling people, mm -hmm. or or whatever else. But there are a lot of very strange and unusual uses for this. That we're going to get into on the smallest 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 scale an immediate use of magic mouth is that so okay let's go back anything else again 
This is a ritual spell. Yeah. It doesn't take a spell spot yeah. slot to cast. As long as you've got 10 gold pieces worth of honeycomb and jade, you can cast this spell ad nauseum. With that said, you could mass produce doorbells and alarm systems using magic mouth. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like if I'm an enterprising wizard, I can buy, well, I don't even need to buy. I can walk outside of town, pick up a bunch of pebbles. Maybe paint them red or something. You know, make it make it flashy. Yeah, yeah make really a little, sell the people make, on Yeah, it. make it a little flashy. Cast magic mouth that either says "companies here" or "intruder alert." Yeah, and then I sell them to people, and it takes me like ten gold pieces in ten minutes to cast. So maybe I sell it for like twenty gold pieces. Sure. And then, the, and then a creepy little mouth, just a tiny creepy little mouth, shows up on that pebble. Because it says a mouth appears on the, on the object. Yes. I mean, that's neither here nor there. But no, so, but it, to, it's a visual that I'm really enjoying right now. <laughs> you probably aren't going to sell it to a lot of people mm-hmm. at that price point. I mean, the commoners are not going to be shelling out 20 gold pieces for a hey, doorbell, uh, essentially. A, a tricky little pebble, but it <laughs> but, is red. Yes. But I think there'd be plenty of wealthy merchants yeah. who would like... I think you could... It could easily be this kind of like like an iPhone, basically. Yeah, in, a bespoke. In, in a yeah, like it's this thing that's cool that you system. have. It means that you're wealthy. It means that you have the income to spend on this kind of almost frivolous, frivolous at least in this in the doorbell with the alarm. Like if you're using them as an alarms, that actually might be a pretty wise investment for merchants. Mm-hmm. You can put them around your warehouses and at night know if people are coming and going around your sure that, so that's more mundane right surface level use for magic mouth right right it's, right it's yeah it's small scale stuff it's the kind of thing where if your party was going to take a break from adventuring for a couple months and your enterprising wizard needed something to do that's a thing they could do sure okay. but you you specify here and you you've written down a couple of notes and and you specify that it's important to remember that a the spell lasts until it's dispelled and b there's no restriction on the number of castings on a single object. So what what are what's your thinking along those lines? Okay. So this is where we start getting into the larger scale stuff. So the the fact that the spell lasts until it's dispelled or you can choose for it to last until it's dispelled means that it's functionally forever like unless somebody really hates what you've done they're probably not going to waste a dispel magic on what is that level five level four a dispel three i think okay i think because i think counterspell is third level and i I think they're i think they're i think counterspell and dispel magic are the same level got it then so the second point though that's the super important point like a lot of the later things we talk about are going to rely on this right so there's you cat when you cast magic mouth you're casting it on an object it's not like on a place it's a specific object but it doesn't say an object that doesn't already have a magic mouth so you can mm-hmm. put as many magic mouths on it as you want which means that any sure. given object can have any number of triggers and any number of outputs to those triggers right so you got that yourself a chest yes. you got yourself a, a, a nice sturdy chest and you're a bar owner and you're like and and a bard you own a bar and you are a bard right because it has right. to be your voice coming out of it right right you cook yourself up a, a little jukebox here don't you you do 
<laughs> yeah, you you what you can do is you can set set it up so that this magic mouth triggers when it hears the sound of a coin enter a slot and then you say the name of a song. Right. And so you can have like I mean really you just need one object like it could just be the the treasure chest itself if you wanted mm-hmm. and it would ha- you'd ca- be casting magic mouth a ton on it. But essentially you'd then have this, you know, coin slot you say the name of song and then your treasure chest sings that song yeah. in your in your voice so in yeah your it's voice. probably probably going to be a bard and then eventually you get some enchanted items that play themselves and maybe you got yourself a one box band going yeah i mean so i think this would be a really cool thing to drop into a tavern like you were oh, yeah. kind of suggesting that this would be a good thing to have in a tavern uh but i also think once this technology i guess is discovered and kind of sorted out it's the kind of thing that like nobles are really going to want to collect like their favorite songs Mm -hmm. on pebble i guess like on like on whatever object you're infusing with these this songs yeah an eye box Uh, yeah And, and and you can imagine that not only are nobles buying and selling these things but also probably like benevolent city benefactors are like buying buying these for a public space and so there might be like the city fountain or something that you can go to and you hear the kind of national anthem or -hmm. whatever when you go there and request i'm thinking theme parks like anywhere a speaker would be essentially so so if you if you've got yourself a little dnd theme park where you know you're riding the flumps and you're and you're eating the roasted newts then as you're walking around you get you know little little humming tunes from from the rocks and trees and things there's a lot of applications just in terms of thinking of how this might impact entertainment and Mm -hmm. culture Mm -hmm. but we're also like just barely scratching the surface right Right. libraries could maybe use these to create Mm -hmm. encyclopedias yeah a reference right like a, a book and the book could even be blank book on tape and you just ask the book like what do you know about rust monsters mm-hmm. and it gives you 25 words of what it knows about rust monsters here's what i found yeah <laughs> and and we're gonna this is gonna become more important later but it's not the spell says it's limited to 25 words mm-hmm. right 25 words over 10 minutes. oh you're right you know i okay. hadn't thought about right. that yeah okay so it says 25 words over 10 minutes except it, there's no clause that says a magic mouth can't trigger another magic mouth. Mm-hmm. So if you have the claw, if you have the triggering condition of a magic mouth, be the 25 words said by the previous magic mouth, then you can <laughs> just you chain can, them. Yeah. You can create these real, I mean, you can create audiobooks. Essentially. Yeah. You can create like an elaborate system of mouth mouthing mouths. Yes. Oof. Which is exactly what the next mm-hmm. kind of idea is. Right. That leads me to the next idea, which this is the one that's really, truly world changing. Mm-hmm. Like once someone figures this out, the whole setting changes. Yeah. yeah. The whole setting shifts. You can create a telegraph system using magic mouths. Right. Right. Using so, the same uh, when a mouth triggers a mouth. Exactly. Using the same when a mouth, magic mouth triggers another magic mouth system, you just you create, I guess, like poles or something. And each pole is either a short blip or a long blip. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so then you've got, and then you just 
create every 30 feet, you put a new pole on the ground with the magic mouth. It's either the short blip or the long blip. And they have to be kind of parallel to each other. So that messages, within 30 feet. side note, if you need to do this cheaper or cover more ground, if you can find somebody who's a sorcerer and has magic mouth, which it's not on the sorcerer spell list, but maybe it's a multi-class or maybe it's a weird sorcerer no, that gets magic ways mouth. around this, yeah. Benjamin. I don't know if you're familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, but there, there's, there's some pretty tricky things you can do. With- but if you're a sorcerer, there is a meta magic option that lets you double the range of a spell, oh. which in this case would put it to 60 feet. So you'd, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd effectively have the number of posts you'd need to, to put out there. The other really important thing to remember, to remember that I actually forgot for most of my note taking is that magic mouth triggers on a a condition that's either audio or visual. Oh, that's right. So if it triggered on audio only, it would be quite, it would be slower, Mm -hmm. right? Because sound doesn't move all that fast. But since it triggers on visual, as soon as the mouth appears, Mm -hmm. the next mouth can be triggered. Man, that's just rapid suggestion. So it's it's actually the speed of light. (laughs) So it's it's instantaneous communication. Like it's faster. I guess it would be equally as fast as talking to somebody in the same room. Uh huh. And really, you, you you're talking about beeps like a like a telegraph, right? Right. Yeah. It, Morse code. So but if you wanted to, if you really wanted to throw throw your full weight behind it, you just go down the dictionary. That would be very expensive. That would be very very expensive. Very expensive. It's a lot of jade. Yeah. That's a lot of jade. That's a lot of jade. I mean, that's a lot of bees. Maybe if you found a portal to the elemental plane of Earth, yeah, and there was, <laughs> and just had and more was, jade, like you were just the cost of jade had just completely collapsed in your setting, and you needed mm-hmm. to get rid of it to to stabilize the cost of jade. Lousy with jade. Then you could do a whole dictionary and make a real telephone system because yeah. we're talking about a telegraph system, not a telephone system. Uh-huh. But if you cast it so much that you had every word in the dictionary yes on each pole on each pole you would have fun you would functionally have a telephone uh, a telephone yeah that's great and actually earlier i said you have to have two parallel poles but i don't know why i said that you you just have to have the one set of poles and cast magic mouth twice on each of them yeah yeah okay so think about what that does right and it's the industrial revolution like it's it's the old west so so gone are the pony express and now yeah i mean like it's 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 beyond that because it's essentially it's very close to the internet like it's not as functional because it's morse code and the person hearing it i guess i guess probably once you get familiar enough with morse code you basically are you hear it and you can decode it like in your in your mind as you as it so benjamin i guess explain to me how the telegraph was like the internet it's, it's, it's my first question. So, when you say what, that. so it's just, I, well, so I don't know enough about actual telegraphs to know uh-huh. how much different they are, but like, this is instant. Like I said, it's the speed of light. Like you're just, as soon as a magic mouth appears, the next magic mouth can start triggering. I'm pretty sure from my vast education of watching Deadwood, the telegraph, you'd get short messages and you, right. you paid by the line or the, by the word mm-hmm. or something like that. So it, it's it's really just like memos. This is, I mean, obviously any length of uh, Whole. of message. Yeah. <laughs> but then on top of that, it's not the speed of electricity. It's the mm. speed of light, right. which is 
really super fast. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, think that the, the telegraph, the speed of electricity and the speed of light are negligible when it comes to how fast you're getting the message. But I, I understand what you mean. Like the fires of Gondor would nev never have to be used ag again. People with the bell sending. It, it really broadens your uh, options for communication. And as we know, when that starts happening, progress it just goes exponential. I guess the most obvious reason you would produce this technology is that is is in governance. Mm -hmm. Like it makes building an empire Easy. suddenly a lot easier because yeah. it's not like write a message out, give it to a guy on a horse who rides like 200 miles to the next major city to deliver the message which takes like multiple days it's like you're in like within minutes saying to whoever you've put in charge of the next city over do this do that increase taxes and this combined on... with the speak with animals spell and you got hawks patrolling your lines oh man oh geez yeah i hadn't you're, you're taken care of yeah yeah i mean it does combine with other spells that allow strange things to happen because you can for instance if we were thinking about how it might combine with speak with animals you could have animals trigger magic mouth right through the different things they do mm -hmm. your next point here you're you're talking about some some more i guess you would say fun in-game right. things right like some some silly hijinks that players can get up to yeah so this one is mostly for dungeon masters to use i think player characters would have to spend a lot a lot of time and a lot of money to make something like this happen they'd need um, a jade mine and they need an apiary yes they'd they need would, <laughs> yes they would need both of those things to finance this although pretty much all of these kind of large scale things that's what you'd need to finance right. this but the so the other idea is creating sonic weapon nothing in the good yeah. stuff baby yeah, yeah. So, so, so nothing in magic mouth suggests that it can be used as a weapon, but, but I ran, but it, I started thinking about how directed sound is used as a, as a weapon, you know, by the United States military and I'm sure other militaries. And that got me thinking like, would it be possible for that to happen? Some, some particular bands that I could think of use sound as a weapon because, because their music so bad. Get right. it? Very good. Thank you. Very good. The thing about something being a sonic weapon is that it primarily relies on decibels on reaching a certain mm. decibel threshold dbs yeah mm. so love them I, I did like very basic research into decibel levels and what decibel levels actually start causing physical harm to a person and, okay. and all that and so shouting is about 90 decibels when it when a, when a human shouts they're reaching about 90 when they decibels. let it all out and yeah. these are the things that stop do without sorry Fine, fine. Anyway, there's the thaumaturgy cantrip, which you know I don't like mixing and matching spells. I think it's worth talking about spells on their own. But the thaumaturgy spell specifically says it triples the volume of your voice. Right. So if you're which is, screaming, which is relevant to this because Magic Mouth repeats it how you set it, including at the volume that you set it. Mm -hmm. So if you cast thaumaturgy and triple the volume of your voice, and then cast Magic Mouth. You've got this thing that's three times as loud as a voice. Now, I talked to people who are smarter than me about this. Oh, you did? Yes. And they said decibels don't work like that. Like okay. You, like, it's not just three times the sound of a, like, th it's not just 90 times three. 
which would be. But at the same time, Benjamin, if you're if you've got even like two or three of these on, say, a stone, you're still got three voices screaming at you at triple the volume, which is a little distracting. Well, super distracting. But specifically, if you wanted to deafen someone, for instance, if you had like a dungeon that was where you were had to be, walk very close to the walls to pass through it and created a kind of row of magic mouths that just all triggered with your thaumaturgy triple Oof. max volume voice, you could deafen a person, I think, fairly easily, depending upon the acoustics and at how much decibels you're actually getting to. It would probably be a temporary deafen, not a permanent. Sure. But... If you if you had enough time to really figure out the acoustics of the place you're you're doing this and the volume, the cadence, like sound waves work in very weird ways where like they can diminish each other much more easily than they can enhance each other. Sure. So it's actually it would be really difficult, but you could an enterprising wizard, I'm sure, could find a way to reliably deafen people, possibly even kill people. It's a, it's 180 decibels to 200 decibels is about what it would take to cause your lungs to start like messing up. And oh, wow. I, don't, I don't know if collapsing is what happens, but well, people die at yeah. about that acoustic, at about that decibel level. Got it. So a wizard who was really interested in figuring that out. Couple of natural 20 intelligence rolls. Right. I mean, yeah. You could do it. Right. Right. You could you could so, you could crank up the volume to eleven, baby. So it's kind of like a house of horrors type yeah. of like <laughs> these I mean, mouths just right wide open blasting you. Right. That's not really the sort of thing I would expect a PC or any like humane mm-hmm. government to create, but it's there if you are looking for a weird weapon for your quirky villain. We just talked about how a villain might use this. Mm-hmm. So I do want to go back to something small scale, but also something that the adventurers would use. Yeah, you cook, you cooked up something kind of fun here. Yeah. If you come into possession of a jade mine and an apiary. Just happened to yes. the, the DM gifts you with these two things and then starts waggling their eyebrows like you you know you know or, or it's a novice gm dm yeah. and they just have not thought through <laughs> the consequences of their actions and give you these two things all you have to do is buy a bag of ball bearings which in the player's handbook that costs one gold piece yeah. for a thousand ball bearings love it and it weighs two pounds right yeah okay. seems simple enough. so far Simple so far. So you enchant every single ball bearing, all thousand of these, with a magic mouth that screams "bang." At the t- you scream this at the top of your lungs, maybe with thaumaturgy, and you have it happen kind of repeatedly over the course of ha- however long you want to stretch it out within the ten minutes that you get to stretch out. You know, it's twenty five times over the course of ten minutes. So right. So when a fight breaks out, you just throw those ball bearings everywhere and say the trigger word. And suddenly your opponent is surrounded by 1000 intermittent screams of bang of bang. <laughs> Man, Which, the easily startled worst nightmare. 
Which, so even if you didn't own a jade mine or an apiary, this would cost 10,001 gold pieces. <laughs> Gotta remember the, the one. Right. For the, for the cost of all this honeycomb and, and jade. It, uh, and it would take about two weeks of casting the spell nonstop as a ritual. Right. Like, you, every t- like while you're awake, all you do is ritual casting. Eight hours a day. To do this. Right. That's real boring. It would get real boring, but, you know. Fun. For At the, the end of it, you for, get yeah, this. I mean, until dispelled, and, you, and somebody would have to dispel each individual ball bearing, like yeah. a thousand ball bearing. Like, you've got. I don't even know what how I would react if somebody did this at my table. Yeah, because at the unless, very least, you've got a creative magic item here. That <laughs> and, and, yeah, unless a creature was expecting this to happen, mm-hmm. I, I I really feel like the stunned condition at the very least would be the only thing that makes sense because like it would be hor- you you jump these guys in an alley, you think these are easy marks. And then all of a sudden, there's like a flashbang going on constantly for 10 minutes. Right. You would have to remember to put in earplugs before you threw these out, or else you would be as borked as the bad guys. All right, uh, Benjamin. That, I think that you've convinced me that Magic Mouth is is at least worth a DM to implement some pretty wild mechanics into the world. I don't know if you convinced me that it's a great spell for players themselves, but I think the ball bearings case is a pretty convincing (laughs) example of how player characters could use this if they have 10,001 spare GP. Right. Well, I'd be very interested in hearing what our listeners what kind of crazy contraptions they could come up with. I'd also, you know, we, we mentioned earlier the, the uh, telegraph system and you r- right here in your notes, also something about maybe a computer system. If, if that was possible, we don't know how computers work. We're not going to talk about how computers work here, but if you could, if you could conceptualize a magic mouth computer, let us know on our Twitter, anywhere we, we can get a magic mouth message. I guess. <laughs> and where can we be found on Twitter, Dane? We can be found at Dispel Magic on Twitter. And where can you be found, Benjamin? At Sterling Berman. And I'm at Dane in Danger. Thanks for listening to Dispel Magic. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter, at DispelMagicPod. You can find Benjamin, at Sterling Vermin, and Dane, at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dane Fox McGraw.